Welcome to the weekend edition of the Smart 7. We've got the biggest, best and strangest stories of the week for you in the next seven minutes. Remember, if you're listening to us on Spotify as part of your daily drive playlist, you can just hit the follow button to get regular Smart 7 updates with a new episode each weekday at 7am. Monday saw big changes as phase three of the roadmap kicked in. It included indoor dining in pubs, theatres, hotels and museums can all reopen and up to 30 people can meet outdoors or attend weddings. Boris advises a heavy dose of caution, but says the Indian variant doesn't put those new freedoms at risk. They don't, uh, at the moment, change the assessment about uh, about step three. Because if you look at the numbers, uh, even in, in Bolton, uh, you're not seeing a, a significant increase in hospitalizations and the overall numbers across the country uh, remain low. However, Samart Walport, former chief scientific advisor, says the Indian variant is seriously concerning. So there's a high degree of confidence that this virus is more transmissible and a realistic possibility that the increased transmissibility over the current so-called Kent variant, B117, is up to 50% more transmissible. The big question remains, though, what about the hugs? You should, as far as possible, socialise outside, maintain uh, social distancing. You know, if you're going to hug, hug cautiously. And How do you hug cautiously? Well, you don't, well, <laughs> without being... Despite the rising number of Indian variant cases, Monday saw a new step on the roadmap unlocked, with indoor pubs and dining in theatres and museums all reopening. Secretary of State for Business Kwasi Kwarteng says the government will continue to monitor the situation. Uh, We had a cabinet meeting last week, uh, and the evidence that we had at the time uh, said that we could reopen in the way we wanted on the 17th of May. Now, there's a flexibility here because uh, we've got another five weeks to the reopening. And of course, we'll be, re- we'll be revisiting the data. Jeremy Farrer, director of the Wellcome Trust, told Radio 4 that he thinks it's risky but necessary that the unlocking went ahead. I don't think it's unreasonable to lift the restrictions. We, we do need to lift the restrictions at some point. Uh, we've been in restrictions now for a very long time. But I would stress, this is the hardest policy decision of the last 15 months. Meanwhile, even as theatres reopened, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber isn't happy about those pesky vaccine refusers. I do think it's selfish because, I mean, look at it this way. I mean, you could just say, um, I would like to go out and have a drink tonight and drive home and accidentally I kill somebody. Now, I mean, it seems to be that, you know, that nobody's going to go out and and deliberately infect anybody with COVID, but it's completely wrong. Monday saw travel open up again, with it being approved for a short list of green countries. However, the countries on the amber list have proved to be more appealing, including France, Spain, Greece and the USA. And following confusion over whether, if you isolated afterwards, you could visit these countries, there was a chorus of ministers reinforcing the don't-go message yesterday. Home Secretary Priti Patel. Well, when it comes to amber, we've always said, you know, people should not be travelling. Apprenticeship Minister Gillian Keegan. No, me neither. No, you shouldn't be going on holiday to amber list countries. The green list countries are the holiday, the holiday destinations where you can go on holiday. And Matt Lavish holidays Hancock. The amber list is not for holidays and the red list is not for holidays 
either. And Keir Starmer had a question for Boris. Can the Prime Minister answer a really simple question that goes to the heart of this? If he doesn't want people to travel to amber-list countries, why has he made it easier for them to do so? Thursday saw the BBC announce the results of a long-running investigation into itself. It involved the famous Martin Bashir Princess Diana interview. Do you think Mrs Parker Bowles was a factor in the breakdown of your marriage? Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. The report by Lord Dyson found that Bashir deceived and induced Diana into the interview using mocked-up bank statements. And the journalist issued an apology yesterday saying it was a stupid thing to do and an action I deeply regret. Prince William made this statement last night. It is welcome that the BBC accepts Lord Dyson's findings in full, which are extremely concerning. That BBC employees lied and used fake documents to obtain the interview with my mother, made lurid and false claims about the royal family, which played on her fears and fueled paranoia. It is my view that the deceitful way the interview was obtained substantially influenced what my mother said. Still to come on the standout seven, Australia's oldest man and the Friends reunion trailer. You're listening to the Smart 7. If you're enjoying it, you might also like the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just search and follow us on your favourite podcast platform. This week has seen continued airstrikes and missiles flying in Gaza as NBC News correspondent Richard Engel reported. This has been happening day and now night. It's just after midnight. Hamas said that it might attack now. And the sirens are going off. You can see over there the Iron Dome. The burst into the sky into those trying to take out a missile. The death toll now stands at almost 200 people, including 55 children, as Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu pledged the Israeli operation would continue at full force. That was the sound of a 13-storey building that housed both Dissociated Press and Al Jazeera destroyed by Israeli precision bombing. Journalists were given an hour to leave the building after Israeli claimed the terrorist group Hamas were using it. Gary Pruitt, president of the Associated Press, says that's not the case. Of course, we cannot say definitively that there was no Hamas activity there. Uh, We had never received word that Hamas was present in the building. And of course, we would never put our staff knowingly at risk. There were celebrations down under yesterday as Dexter Kruger officially became Australia's oldest man ever. He's a sprightly 111 years and 125 days old, and he's delighted about it. He uh, has been, and is, and will continue to be a great honour to be the uh, oldest man ever to be in Australia. Oh, so Dexter, what's your secret? Is there a mysterious, I don't know, food that keeps you so young? Chicken brains. You know, chickens have a head. And in there, there's some brains. And they are delicious little things. There's only one little bite. Oh. Well, it's been a longer-running saga than the actual original series. It's the Friends reunion, and it's finally actually happening. It streams on May the 27th. There's some disappointment that it's just going to be a recap and memory show rather than an actual new episode, but the trailer's finally appeared. Are they calling this one the one with the Botox? It was an incredible time. (laughs) We became best friends. Yeah, I'm going to cry now. 
When I watch the episodes, I'm laughing out loud because you all make me laugh so hard. I know you know how big the show is. What you have given so many people is an experience of huge comfort. Oh my God! This has been The Smart Seven. If you're listening on Spotify, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We're back Monday at 7. Please like and subscribe everywhere or enable our skill on Alexa.